0: hey what's up everybody welcome back to the better together podcast which is a ministry of sandridge baptist church here in lexington tennessee and joining me on the show as always is my co-host Aaron. hi it's been a while it's been a while right yeah it's been like three months of you constantly pestering me when are we going to do another podcast right when are we going to do another podcast? You know, that's—I didn't know this 20 years ago when I married you, but that's your spiritual gift. Is it's the Holy Spirit working through me to nudge you? Me. Yeah, you used to call it Holy Spirit nudge, which is what she many years ago. What what a lot of people may not know is I actually attended here uh, back when I was in college before Aaron and I got married, and right. she gave me many of those Holy Spirit nudges trying to get me to join the church. Right. Uh, and one night. She just pushed me out into the aisle, and it was like, all right, I guess I'm doing this. Uh, but we're excited to be back. Sorry for the hiatus. Things have been a little bit crazy here at the first of the year. It's, honestly, I can't believe like we're almost done with March. I know. As we're recording this, it's March 16th, 2022. Uh, it's flying by. We're um, in full summer planning yeah, mode. Yeah, we th- there's VBS stuff literally stacked up at my house yeah. and in my office already, uh, and so we're just excited to be back. And as you know, if you've listened to many episodes of the podcast, our whole min- ministry and mission through doing this is to help uh, us as we grow to stay connected to 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 hear people's stories, to hear stories about ministry and. Other things going on, because we do believe we are better together, which is why we called this podcast Better Together. That was not the smoothest segue, but here's a smooth segue. This week on the show, uh, we've got uh, Robert and Brandy Day, who are members of our church, and uh, I'm excited uh, about what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about their time uh, as missionaries in Zambia, but also the continuing mission that they're involved in in Zambia that actually our church is now uh, involved in as well. Robert, Brandy, how are you guys today?
1: Doing great. Thanks for having us on the show. Doing
2: great. Thank you.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Excited so, to be
2: here.
0: Um, there, you guys kind of, your story of coming to Sand Ridge, I kind of wanted to get into this because you guys joined Sand Ridge via video. Via video. <laughs> yeah. In the midst of a pandemic. That's like, amazing. it was probably maybe like our second week of being shut down or our third week of being shut down. And there's this really fun moment on the video where you guys join uh, out in the lobby and my father in law is kind of like standing awkwardly in the background. (laughs) And and it was just, uh, you guys had actually been attending Sandridge for a, a time before the pandemic. But what I wanted to know is, and, and people may not know you know i know a lot of our people have regathered but like i guess who are you guys and um what how did you like get to sand ridge how did you you know there's lots of questions like how did how did god bring you guys together how did you end up in lexington tennessee give us a flyover of your yeah, story
1: are, that's a great that's a great question i don't know how far you want to go back but uh, I'll share a little bit of my salvation testimony and sort of uh, how it's been to walk by faith uh, in relationship with the Lord for many years. I was saved when I was five. I was uh, going to a Methodist church and I wanted fire insurance, basically. I was afraid of going to hell and I knew that uh, from a very early age that I was a little sinner and that I needed to be saved uh, through Jesus Christ. And so as a five-year-old, I, I walked the aisle and went through some classes and um and uh, gave my life to Jesus and uh, at an early age he gave me this strange unction to be a doctor I don't know why I don't know where it came from my family are all educators and construction people and nobody's medical really but uh, but he gave me an unction that, that I was going to be a, a doctor and uh, and so from a very early age I was pre-med on, uh pre-med focused and, and all that uh, in high school I, I uh, had leukemia and that uh, made my life have, have a strange turn. I, I became very angry, rebellious, sowed a lot of seeds of rebellion and self-centeredness for many years, uh, and the Lord uh, brought me back to himself through a Bible study at church. Uh, there's a survey of the Bible where I opened up the Word as an adult and, uh, and was just transformed from the inside out. It was no longer a set of rules and regulations, but it was actually a, a living, authentic relationship with Jesus that made a huge difference in my life. Uh, All along, I had some kind of frontier mentality, frontier attitude. I was always on the cutting edge of whatever uh, adventure I could find. And uh, that wasn't um, really realized until after medical school. I went to UT Memphis uh, for medical school and just really wanted to go out west and become a mountain man. And so I went out to uh, Casper, Wyoming to do... uh, family practice residency to learn how to do frontier medicine i was prepared to deliver babies in the back of my suburban um, i was gonna just uh, live off the land and just you know whatever i just had these crazy ideas about being a frontier uh, doctor which they got a lot of frontier kind of stuff in wyoming and that's where i met my wife uh, and uh, and we started our family and that kind of grounded me thankfully that uh, that didn't have me going off doing too many crazy things but lo and behold, that frontier spirit was reignited when the Lord called us to move the family to Zambia to, uh, to start a medical clinic at an orphanage there. And so, um, so I don't know what the Lord is, is doing, but uh, after a season of, of being uh, missionaries in Zambia, uh, Brandy's health was deteriorating there and we came back to, uh, to America to get medical care and to uh, see what the Lord would have us do in our next season. I grew up in Jackson, uh, Tennessee, and and we had some family land in in Henderson County, and I'd always thought it really would be cool to practice medicine in Lexington because it's a small town. People seem to be real friendly and uh, care for one another, and so we wanted to sow our lives into the community in Lexington. That's what drew drew us to Sand Ridge, actually. We researched as best you could uh, from Africa, actually, the, uh, the churches uh, around here, we watched any online uh, stuff that, that you could. And actually, Sandridge was online before it was cool because uh, they had a, a, a live stream that we could watch actually from across the world. And we, we watched a few services and just knew that we really want to check this church out because it seems like the, the preaching is spot on from the Bible and the people, as, we, as best we can tell from the website, uh, seem to be involved in missions and seem to be engaged in, with each other. And so when we came to visit, um, not knowing that COVID was right around the corner, we just really, uh, were impressed with the, the teaching and the preaching and the people here. We tried to be anonymous, but, uh, but we, that just isn't going to happen with the welcome desk like we have, That's just so aggressively, uh, pursuing vis- visitors, uh, before we knew it, we were having conversations and lunch, uh, invites and, uh, and we just were uh, instantly folded into the Sand Ridge family. Mm-hmm. So we were very surprised when uh, the day, the week we were gonna come forward to uh, to place our membership here, uh, the pandemic broke out in Henderson County. Everything shut down, and it was like the world turned upside down. Mm-hmm. And uh, so anyway, we're we're thankful that God's been faithful through it all. But it was sort of a circuitous trip to get here.
0: Yeah, I love that you guys were. We're listening to us or watching us from Africa. That's you never know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you never know where that you know people are going to watch you or you send things out or even if people watch you know. But that's that's and I'm I'm going to save that uh, by the way for our welcome desk. The uh, aggressively enthusiastic, I think, mm-hmm. is is what you said. I'm going to put that on shirts for them. <laughs> uh, if they probably won't wear them. Uh,
1: but I, I told my family we're going to be anonymous. We're going to just blend in. And don't act like you're not from around here. And, uh, and so just try to blend in. Well, we automatically had this blue folder that was like a magnet. <laughs> Whoever's carrying the blue welcome desk folder instantly gets deluged with people coming up to greet them. And so, um, so that is like a Sandridge magnet to have that little blue welcome to Sand Ridge folder. <laughs> totally blue our anonymity. But it
2: was such a blessing. Because then we had some sweet ladies sitting next to us and around us that Saw recognized folder, we and, from around here. and loved us and encouraged us and, and that made all the difference.
0: That that's awesome. I'm it's it's such a really cool story about how God has has brought you guys here and the things that you know he he used you guys to has used you guys to do so even since being here. Mm-hmm. Just for a frame of reference, when did you guys move back to the, the States?
2: 18, December 2018. 2018.
0: December 2018. Uh-huh. And, and you guys actually were in a couple, I, I just know a little bit more of your story. You guys were actually in a different place before that and then ended up back here. And
2: yeah, we stopped over in Casper, Wyoming for a year um, to spend some time uh, ministering to my mom and our son who live there um, at the time. Just kind of assessing, you know, how they were doing after we'd been gone for so long and... Um, And then, you know, I mean, things were transitioning in their lives as well, and and we just really, um, through prayer and and situations, felt that, you know, it was a good time to kind of settle down here. Robert's wanted to, you know, kind of be back home for a long time where he can hunt and fish and, you know, do all of those things as well. Um, So this is kind of where we want to settle down. That's yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: so let's talk about your time in Zambia. And, and really, that's kind of where I wanted us to spend the meat of what we were talking about today and, and talk about uh, the ministry that's that's going on over there right now, uh, as well as the ministry that you guys were able to do. Robert, you said something about uh, that you you know trained in frontier medicine and you were able to kind of come back in touch with that when you went to Zambia. So tell us a little bit about that.
1: Well, um, it's not a very glamorous story, but um, my wife had been to Zambia six months before I had, and she spent time at this beautiful orphanage playing with wonderful children. It was a nice time of the year, and she had just this wonderful experience, and she uh, actually didn't even want to come back home to her family (laughs) because she was having such a great time in Zambia.
2: My family is why I came back. Let me just clarify yeah. that. Yes.
1: And so, um, so the Lord arranged it for me to go uh, visit the, mm-hmm. essentially the same place where she was. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, it was a, a God appointment that I was able to join a medical team that was serving in one of the shanty towns there in Kitway. And I went a different time of year, and I was seeing a totally different slice of life than she mm-hmm. saw. What I saw uh, in Malinga Compound devastated me. Um, that was my first real exposure to, uh, to true uh, deep poverty and depravity. And, uh, and I was broken over it because I had no solution for these people. Uh, we had come with, with uh, totes full of Tylenol and uh, some blood pressure medicine and antibiotics and things like that. And we, our team saw about 3,000 patients that week. And, um, wow. and everybody while in the evening time we were debriefing and they were high-fiving themselves and, and so excited that they had helped these people. I was just broken because I knew those medicines were going to be finished in just a few days and they were gonna be right back where they were before we came. Mm-hmm. And I really felt sort of um, grungy, sort of like a, uh, uh, a missionary tourist and, um, and that I really had no, no solution for these people. It was such, poverty is such a complex, Huge problem that I, I didn't have uh, any idea how how to fix it, and uh, and so I was broken over that. Uh, before I left, I, I met with a Zambian pastor who invited me to start a clinic at his orphanage, and uh, and I was just beside myself with no way, n- not know how uh, there. I can't even I can't even imagine that uh, that endeavor, and so I, I gave him the Baptist no. I said I'll pray for you about that, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> but uh kind of holified it a little bit but definitely was with my, my heart was closed to the idea I didn't understand really that that was God's call on my life. Um, I was just so overwhelmed and, and broken at the time so it took a few years of, of really the Lord bringing it back to me uh, in a very clear uh, way during Sunday school uh, at, uh, at our local church when uh, when he really made it clear very clear to me and to Brandy that, uh, that we were to um, move out of our complacent, comfortable caramel macchiato drinking uh, lifestyle in the local church and go and serve him in Zambia. And, uh, and that was overwhelming, it was um, um, just uh, incredible. Uh, tears flowed, uh, emotions were high, uh, minds were reeling. But, uh, but it was a very definite call that could be seen from three rows back in our Sunday school class that, mm-hmm. that, that it was a definite confirmation that the Lord was calling us Do to Do
0: you call. guys feel like that in that, that God was calling both of you and it yes. was something that maybe the way you describe it kind of is like we both knew that something was going on, but we were afraid to mm-hmm. talk about it because if we did... It might mean we had to do something about
1: it. Well, absolutely. I was sitting in my chair, barely able to to stay composed, and I was I was bargaining with God. I was like, "Yeah, okay, I, I'm convinced, but you don't know my wife, and my wife <laughs> well, she <laughs>
2: wanted to stay six months ago. You know. <laughs> well, this is this actually was, four, four, okay. oh, okay. this four four years had passed. Oh, okay. Four
1: years had passed. We had gotten very um, comfortable. Comfortable. I don't want to use the word entrenched. That's a little harsh, mm-hmm. but we were very comfortable. Very involved in our local church and to leave was was unfathomable mm-hmm. so i was having this conversation with the lord just briefly you know you've got to convince my wife because i don't think she's gonna buy this idea um we're so uh we're, we're doing such good work here in the local church and uh and as i was having that little argument in my head with with the lord i looked over at brandy and, and we hadn't said a word but tears were streaming down both our faces i get choked up just talking about it even today mm-hmm. uh that we just knew that we knew, and there was no convincing otherwise, mm-hmm. uh, and so then it was just a matter of logistics. Uh, mm-hmm. But the 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 unction was there, the the confirmation was there, and uh, and so it was really just a matter of okay, now how do we how do we do this thing? And and in that moment we realized this thing is so much bigger than us mm-hmm. that God's providence and His calling is so uh, far beyond what we could ask or imagine that he is utterly trustworthy and faithful. Yes. And, and it was the overwhelmingness of it that that, that pushed us uh, to lean into the Lord mm-hmm. and to really not rely on our own ingenuity. I had no idea how to practice medicine in Zambia. I had no clinic to go to. I had no one to teach me how to do the things, to even know how to treat malaria, to deal with, with HIV patients, to, to learn how to live in a foreign country with a different language and all that. I knew none of that. I was a, a good old boy from from West Tennessee who had no business in Africa, but but God said, I know you're the perfect candidate, and mm-hmm. and your weakness will be, uh, strength because uh, it's all going to be based out of, prayer and God's provision and His faithfulness, and you know what He got all the glory for it, That's and right. and that was the testimony that we, came back from from that uh, season with a, mm-hmm. a, new understanding that God is utterly trustworthy, and he's always good.
0: Mm -hmm. So what about, you had like a teenager and a preteen at that time. (laughs) How did they feel about?
2: Well, Hannah actually, um, uh, who was 10 when we received the call to go, she was actually ended up being uh, fairly instrumental in the the final commitment. Um, We went for a um, vision trip. Um, just to kind of, you know, make sure, Mm -hmm. you know, our kids have never been there. They've never been there. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, for three days, you know, we're just seeking the Lord. We're praying. We're at the orphanage compound, the same orphanage that the pastor had invited Robert years before. And, um, and we're just not hearing anything. We're not getting that confirmation, you know? And so we're like, man, did we miss it? Um, you know, what are we just not getting here? And Hannah came out from having her um, daily quiet time. And she said, you know, God spoke to me during my quiet time that and said, you know, God speaks to be obeyed, not just to be heard. And it was just like a two by four. Wow. Oh. Yeah.
0: Ten years old.
2: Ten years old.
0: Ten and years old, God speaks to be obeyed, not to be heard.
2: Exactly. Woo. Exactly. And it, she's incredible. That, I mean, even still, the way that her relationship with the Lord and things that just come out of her mouth, mm-hmm. now at 19, almost 20 years old, is just incredible. So, yeah, so it was in that moment when she came out and shared that, that, ah, well, there it is. Okay. (laughs) I guess we're coming to Africa. (laughs) So it took a couple of years to kind of work things together. And and of course, we signed on with a sending agency Mm -hmm. um, that has been a tremendous blessing, Global Outreach International. Um, And then our sending church um, at, at that time was College Heights Baptist Church in Casper, Wyoming, and they were supportive. One thing we learned in our time in Zambia, you know, Along with, I mean, of course, we developed the relationships with the nationals, and we served, and um, we did what the Lord called us to do. We were obedient in that, um, but we really learned that our dependence needed to be on Christ. We needed to be, you know, seeking him, Mm -hmm. um, dwelling, abiding in him, because without that, we were going to completely fall apart and not be effective at all there were some very very difficult times that we won't get into but um, some very trying times where we had the Lord and we had each other Um, now our son Colby was also with us for two years Hannah was with us for four years and Colby was with us for two and then you know he he came to the States Um, but You know, he really wasn't all that excited about being there, but he went um, Mm -hmm. and he, you know, he persevered. He did the best with a difficult situation that he could have done. um, And we're thankful for that. And he's, you know, he's taken some things away from that. So we're thankful for that also. Mm -hmm. So
0: let's talk about uh, Faith Medical, which Mm -hmm. is the the clinic that eventually sprang up there. Mm Uh, and this is our actually our mission's focus for the month of March here at Sand Ridge is Faith Medical. And right now, if you go to the welcome desk at the church, uh, there are some brochures there that give you. Uh, if you pick one up, it gives you uh, some pictures from the actual site, tells you about the how the you know what the mission is, uh, but it also explains. Uh, and this is something that impressed me was. The actual operating budget of the uh, of the of Faith Medical, which I'm not, I mean, not going to say it here, is, uh, but I will say this is significantly less than I ever thought it could be, uh, but significantly less than what we would think about a budget being here in the United States. Uh, but what really uh, caught me about this brochure is is inside. Uh, very specific um, things that people can give to uh, that are basic needs for uh, faith, uh, like a, a generator set, uh, medications, uh, salaries, vehicles, um, because it, if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong here, you don't, the mindset of, of, of medicine there is it can't just be they'll come to us. It's, we, we also have to go to them. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, to some extent. The, the clinic is set up in the bush of, of uh, outside the, the major city there. So it's about um, six or eight miles outside of town, uh, and everything is, is done on foot or bicycle or wheelbarrow. Uh, there are very few actual vehicles that can make it back to the clinic. Um, and the people that live in the community are subsistence farming, which a lot of people around here could probably identify with. That's how my grandparents grew up uh, on a farm in Henderson County was subsistence farming. And, uh, and life is very hard there. Uh, and so uh, they live uh, hand to mouth and they don't have much, but the government tries to provide for their, their people's needs. But the, lo- the, lo- the closest local clinic is about six miles away uh, which is a long haul if you have malaria pneumonia or uh, gastrointestinal problems that's going to be a difficult trip uh, to take and so we we wanted the clinic to serve the orphanage that's there where there are uh, 80 plus children uh, and uh, they're well taken care of and educated but they didn't have any medical care they had to actually take a canoe across a river uh, to uh, To get to town at, at at some point, and and so so now that the clinic is there and the clinic is serving the orphanage, but it's also serving the community, and we're talking about like five thousand families, so so almost wow. the size of Lexington, with wow. with no other access to, to medical care that, o- outside not, the city. Outside the city, mm-hmm. yeah, and they live in you know dirt huts and with um, you know dirt floors and uh, and you know life is hard there. And so, um, when you get sick, uh, there's a very you know, big possibility that, that you could die from, from malaria or from pneumonia or whatever. And, and if you don't feel well enough to go to the clinic, then you, you linger on and you, mm. you languish at home. Um, and so, uh, the clinic there is, is sort of a, uh, a light, uh, a beacon of hope. Um, lots of metaphors you could use to, that, that offers uh, hope of, of competent medical care. Um, and now we wouldn't want to get a prescription and then have to go find a pharmacy somewhere uh, cause that would be difficult. So we have a pharmacy there in the clinic. We have uh, competent Zambian staff that know how to treat the problems that they see. And, uh, and so they are able to take care of the, the medical needs. Now we can't do everything and we, we can't do it the way the Westerners would do it. The way you would get care here in America uh, is is not uh, possible there in zambia and so what we say is that we are addressing the physical and spiritual needs of the community and so we we try to do the best that we can with the resources we have and with that we recognize that every person is made in the image of god with infinite worth and so we want to love them like jesus would love them we want to share the gospel of jesus with them and so all of the staff have been hand selected and interviewed And prayed over and uh, and they all recognize that they are indeed um, uh, medical missionaries themselves that they are uh, emissaries or they are ambassadors for christ that they are uh, given the a gospel calling to share uh, scripture to pray with patients to really look for those divine appointments where they can speak truth and love into their uh, patients lives and so so really, you go to Faith Medical Center uh, for your malaria, uh, you leave there with a confirmation test, you leave there with medications, and you leave there with hope that you're going to feel better soon with the medications, but you also leave uh, there with the hope that someone loves you, that someone cares about you, and that uh, if you didn't know Jesus Christ, you hadn't heard the gospel before you came there, uh, you leave with a whole other understanding of, of God's provision for your life.
0: And for some of these people... Uh, what this sounds like is for some of the people that surround uh, the city and, you know, that go to this clinic, not only is it their only way to get care medically, but it is probably the only way they'll ever hear the gospel.
1: Potentially. Potentially. Yeah. The really nice thing about Faith Children's Village and Faith Medical Center is it is so closely tied to the local church there. That's great. Faith Baptist Church in the community there. Um, is just right adjacent to the medical campus. And so um, so a lot of the uh, staff go, go to uh, Faith Baptist Church. The children of the orphanage go to Faith Baptist Church. And so they have a, a footprint there. They have a, a voice in the community. The, uh, the community leaders are members of the church. And so uh, there's just this beautiful picture of the church actually doing church or being the church, being the body of Christ, in the community of Kokolo. and really, that that has meant so much to me to to see that happening and to watch that unfold before my eyes. You know, I told you about how over, how overwhelmed I was at first, and I really saw this this as a a problem to solve. Uh, and then the Lord moved me to to know it's not a problem to solve. Maybe it's a project to complete. And uh, and if I could just get the clinic up and running, then then the project would be complete. But really, he's the Lord has moved me to understand that no, it's a, it's a people to love, mm. and uh, and so that doesn't leave you when you get on a plane and, and come back to America with your suitcases, mm-hmm. uh, when you engage in people uh, at a new church or when you uh, get sewn into a, a new community. That that love of the Zambians has has um you know continued in in our hearts and our lives, and so so I was so excited when when Pastor Marty was interested in hearing more about Faith Medical Center and when uh, uh, more people begin to ask us you know what tell tell us about the work that you did in Zambia because it really in, in our minds it, um, it is really an extension of of the church uh, global and uh, and uh, and so it extends um, from Sand Ridge all the way to Kokolo, Zambia
0: mm-hmm. that's awesome uh, the 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 thing is 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 what you said that I want to come back to is you, you ask, is this a problem to solve? Uh, and that's something that, that one of my mentors in student ministry has said about students. And I've, I've taken this quote from him. His name is Marco Stryker. And he, he asked this question, Do, does your church see students as a problem to solve or as a wonder to behold? Mm-hmm. And I, I look at, what you're saying about Faith Medical and the community there uh, much in the same way. I hear the, the love that you have in your voice and, uh, and, you know, the way that you speak about them. It's not a problem to solve. They are a wonder to behold. You know, it's a, it's, it's a wonder to behold what God is doing there and what he started and what he's continued because it has it's still there. It's still yeah. going on. And I know one of our hopes here at the church is to eventually be able to take a team to Faith Medical to go to Zambia to see and to to be able to hear and be able to be hands and feet there. Um, but you know, earlier you mentioned something that that I think is interesting, and that is that you 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 were talking about going on a mission trip or something, and you said you didn't want to be a um, a missionary tourist. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, And so as we close out this, I think uh, what I wanted us to kind of focus on here at the end is I think so many times like we will get a brochure like this and we'll look at it and we'll go, oh, okay, that's that's really affordable or we'll and we'll do something. And it's a one time thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's kind of like like you were saying when you were sitting there, you're bargaining. It's like I put it off my conscience for a little bit, you know, like oh, I, I gave I gave a shoebox, okay, God, and we kind of push it to the side, you know, or I, I gave the baby bottle, or, or don't you know, I, I gave some money for medicine. Or I went uh, on a I, I went short-term mission trip. On, I, went on, I went to Mexico or Zambia on a short, short-term mission trip, and I think what happens with that is is it's great intentions, but what happens is, is it causes us to even begin to have that uh, missionary tourist mindset back home as well so in the closing time that we have here what what would be some recommendations that you would have or what would you say to how do we how do we keep that from happening well because there are a lot of people here who may listen to this and they say you know what right now i feel like i can't go but i feel like i need to do something um, and, and that's a great thing. We don't want to put right. that off, but how do we keep it from just right. being a bargaining with God? I'm putting it off my conscience type right. thing.
1: Let me, let me answer that with, with two ideas. Um, the, the first idea is that, um, that this, you mentioned the, the budget that, uh, that Faith Medical Center is operating under and the Faith Medical Center, uh, budget is, is brought about by faithful people giving Mm -hmm. Um, there are about five churches that give on a monthly basis and there's about 45 people uh, just like Marty Estes or Aaron or Chuck Foley or any of those anybody else in the church there's about 45 people that that give some sacrificially some out of their abundance but they give on a regular basis Mm -hmm. that makes up this budget that we're able to buy medicines and we're able to buy uh, fuel for the generator and and the staff salaries and, and all the things. That's a very small group of people, mm-hmm. and but each of those people have been uh, been committed to this project for uh, since the beginning. Almost ten years. And it's because they see, and this is how I segue into the second point. They they see that it's not just about doing something, but they've actually bought into the idea that uh, that it's a people to love. And it's a way to worship the Lord. You know, early on, the Lord brought to brought to mind James 1.27 that says, mm-hmm. True and undefiled religion that I will not despise is that you care for orphans and widows in their distress. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zambia has plagued with an, the AIDS pandemic that has produced so many orphans and so many widows. Mm-hmm. And so one of the ways that we mm-hmm. worship the Lord is by caring for them. And really, if I could get that across to to someone... Uh, I did a lot with our support raising. I would sit across the table with, with a person and I would show them some pictures and share some stories. But I really try to stress, and I'm doing that with this, uh, with this point now, is that, that I'm not asking you for your money. I'm asking you to be obedient to what the Lord would have you to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm going to present you with a vision and an opportunity to worship and what you do with that is up to you. Mm-hmm. There's a vertical thing going on while I'm sharing horizontally uh, the conversation. There's a vertical thing going on that I'm praying that the Holy Spirit is going to convict your heart that you would be transformed. See, I've been transformed since, since the beginning of this uh, Zambian ministry. I'm not the same person I was back then because mm-hmm. the Lord has taken me through this transition of seeing a problem to seeing a project to seeing a people. I want you to have that same experience mm-hmm. because the joy and the love that, that emanates out of that, um, that transformation, only, only Jesus Christ can produce. Only the Holy Spirit can, can convict someone and convince someone to, to give sacrificially um, or to give uh, faithfully, continually over, over a long haul. Mm-hmm. These people in Cola aren't going anywhere. They're going to need medical care for years. And if the Lord tarries the Faith Medical Center, will continue to be faithful to to provide that. Mm. Uh, And so I want to try to encourage people to consider worshiping the Lord by partnering with us, by partnering with Faith Medical Center, uh, so that they could love people that they may never meet, so they could be the hands and feet to Jesus, um, and that they might uh, rescue a family that are in desperate need of medical care and desperate need uh, to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, and in doing that, they're going to be transformed mm-hmm. uh, into something that looks a lot more like Jesus and a lot less like the person they were before they committed to uh, to joining the project, joining the the ministry. So, so I don't know if that answers your question, but those are the kind of the, the two ideas I have in mind. That that it's a very small group of people that that administer this ministry, but it pays huge dividends in the in the transformational work. In your own heart uh, and it actually is a demonstration of uh, of the church global
0: yeah and here hear me when I say that like I don't I'm not discouraging people to go like for that one week or whatever because that can be the spark yeah. that ignites the flame that God eventually wants to, to, to burn mm-hmm. in their life for mm-hmm. these people like he has and I'm thankful that you guys listen to him and we're transformed into the people that you are today. I'm thankful you guys are here. I'm thankful that uh, you uh, have led us to this ministry, and uh, I'm thankful we get to partner with with Faith Medical and, and, and what they can do. I'm <clears throat> looking at the brochure right now for as little as $35. Uh, you can provide all the medication someone there needs for the day and meet needs. Uh, for $75, that's a week's salary for a doctor there or one of the staff. That is not what it is here. (laughs) Um, $250 gets a generator gassed up for two weeks, and that's something. I mean, you're out there away from resources. You need that stuff. Um, Vehicles, you know, $25 donation. So this is not... When we say, like you said, some people gave out of their sacrifice and some people gave out of their abundance, none of this really sounds like something that is exorbitant Mm -hmm. and so you can make a difference in small ways or a big way as well uh and so how as we close up thank y'all so much for for taking time to talk about this we're going to continue to emphasize this we're actually um this this show is part of of a small series we're going to do on missions Mm -hmm. we're talking to you guys we're talking to our partners with mexico missions uh that we've been partnered with for years uh as well here in the coming weeks um but what we want to know is how can we pray for you personally mm-hmm. how can we pray for faith medical uh any prayer needs that people are going to hear this they're going to be praying for you so how do we pray
1: well i would really ask that you pray that uh brandy and i remain faithful to the lord mm-hmm. it's so easy to be complacent and comfortable in in american culture mm-hmm. uh and it's so easy to be um insulated and isolated from uh, from people's real needs mm-hmm. and so we want to stay real we want to stay connected to jesus and uh, and so we uh we ask that you would continue to pray for us as we um are still sort of transitioning to uh, henderson county we we feel very um uh, blessed to be part of this church family and so mm-hmm. if you would just continue to pray that uh, that we would be obedient to To whatever the lord calls us to do and then to pray for uh the staff at faith medical center yes they're doing an incredible job day in day out um they see horrible things that we uh couldn't even fathom and wouldn't want to think about uh having to make difficult decisions with limited resources and so i just pray that you would uh, ask that you would pray for the staff there that they would not be discouraged that they would not get distracted and that they would continue to have divine appointments where they could speak truth and love um, to their patients and that you would uh, continue to uh, be praying for the people of Mm Kokolo, the whole village there. uh, I think if we would adopt um, a community to pray for uh, and uh, and intercede for them, for the Lord's provision, for the Lord's presence in their hearts, for the gospel to go forward, those kinds of things for the people of Cocolo, uh, we would develop a love for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, we wouldn't have to um, uh, be arm twisted or convinced against our will, but we would ha- have such an exceedingly great love for them that we would uh, want to to love them like Jesus loves them.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you all so much for uh, taking a little bit of time to remind us and help us to understand uh, what's going on over in Zambia and what's going on in your lives we are just blessed and thankful that you guys ended up here at San Ridge and uh, we love you guys and we be, we will definitely be praying for you so we also want to say but, thanks but to, I need to know, have you delivered a baby in the back of a truck yet?
1: in Henderson County? Uh, no, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, no no babies in the back of the truck yet no. but, um, but the day is still early
2: Okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. it's just lunchtime. So uh, <laughs> I was going to say thanks uh, to everybody for listening to uh, to this episode, episode 10 of the Better Together podcast. We want to remind you to go and share this with some folks from the church who maybe haven't heard it yet. Uh, go by the welcome desk, grab a pamphlet talking about faith medical and find out how you can uh, be a part of it. You know, really, uh, I guess my challenge here as, as we close out would be to pray about your role. In doing missions, not just here at home, but everywhere you go, uh, if it's not Faith's Medical, it's somewhere else. God is calling each and every one of us, not just to to get saved and to sit. Uh, he's He's called us to adventure with Him, uh, and really, I think we forget sometimes that there's this part in the New Testament where uh, He basic Jesus basically says. Uh, you're gonna go do greater works than even I did because the Holy Spirit is better for you that that I go away and the Holy Spirit comes to you so that he could come and you can go do greater works and the first time I ever heard that verse I was like that is blasphemous that and then I realized it's actual scripture it can't be blasphemous, right so uh, we're called to do what Jesus did and then so I think and this is one of the ways that we do that and so Thank you for being here. Thank you guys for listening. And remember, we're always
1: better together.